0: Welcome to Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store Soho in New York. Please welcome our moderator from Men's Journal, Charles Thorpe.
1: Hey guys, Uh, welcome back to the Apple Store Soho. Um, We're here with the filmmakers behind Call Me Lucky. It's uh, director Bobcat Goldway and Barry Crimmins' subject. And we're going to watch the trailer right now.
0: Well, there's a couple of things I have to accomplish, and if I do, I think I'll be able to put my little tile in the grand mosaic of life. And those two things are, I'd like to overthrow the government of the United States, and I'd like to close the Catholic Church. Barry Crimmins was uh, this weird mythical force. he spawned all of these great humorists. Paula
2: Poundstone. Lenny, Kevin Meaning. Dennis Leary. He was a guy who you heard about before you actually saw this whispered-about presence.
0: I never met anyone like him. Is just this combination of Noam Chomsky and Bluto. I got caught smuggling books into Kentucky. Got off on a technicality no one could prove they were books. Why do women go to the bathroom in Bears? Because they get hassled by drunk men. He would go into a rage. Watch the kind of stuff I can do here. Just get
2: out! I don't like you! He stopped, I think, worrying about whether he was being funny or not.
1: There was a lot of personal things that happened in his life when he was young that came out later. It was uh, the most
0: shocking thing, I think, in my life that I heard. It's scary for anybody of any age to really see someone who's the face of evil.
2: When AOL was in its infancy, he was looking for other survivors in chat rooms. Barry called me up. He said, look at this. And I went, wow. I couldn't believe, you know, what I was
1: seeing. I just can't imagine pretending to be one of these people that caused him such misery. He
0: was angry. He essentially left us with a big problem. He damaged himself to save these kids. After months of knocking on AOL's door, I was suddenly face to face before the US Senate Judiciary Committee. AOL is the key link in a network of child pornography traffickers. They weren't quite sure what to make of Barry. We cannot surrender being rude, funny,
2: obnoxious truth-tellers. I can't think of anybody that I respect more than Barry.
0: He's a reminder that you do have power. No matter what they do, I'm a witness to what you can go on to become. Call me lucky.
1: (laughs) Great trailer. Um, Well, here we go again. Uh, Director, Bobcat Goldthwait, and uh, the subject, Barry Crimmins. Welcome to the stage, please, people. Hello. Hey. Hi, how are you? Yeah, so um, it's an <laughs> exciting one. I love that trailer, man. It gets me every time. That's a perfect trailer. And it really entails what's going on in this movie. Um, but the first thing I have to ask is how you get to know Barry. How did, how did he first come into your life? I
0: originally auditioned also for Zed and Police Academy. Yeah,
1: and I met Bob Barry the in the,
0: uh,
2: in the uh, room waiting to audition for Police Academy. Oh, wow. I got the part, but we became friends anyways, despite me uh, smoking him in that reading. No. Barry actually enunciated, uh, so that's why they didn't hire him. They went a different direction. Yeah, they went with a guy who just screamed. I, know, um,
0: we, we met a long before that.
2: Yeah, we met when we were, uh, I was 16, Tom Kenny, who's the voice of SpongeBob, uh, it's been my childhood friend since I was six, and I... Uh, Barry had uh, was running a comedy show in Skinny Atlas, New York, and we lived in Syracuse. We saw this ad. We answered it, and Barry, Barry thought he was talking to adult men, and then uh, Tom Kenny and I showed up, and uh, he put us on stage. He let us go on his open mic, and um, that basically started both of us on our, our careers doing stand-up.
1: And, and Barry, so what was your first in interpretation or impression of Bobcat when he first came at your door, showed up on your door? He's
0: seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> that was, but then it was that these two kids, Bob and Tom, were really trenchant and funny and smart and they had good commentary on society. But then, you know, when they weren't doing that, they were getting tips from me on how to get prom dates. So yeah. they were very dear.
2: yeah. I, I know our ages because I was the only one that had a driver's license, <laughs> so I could drive us to the show to do stand-up.
1: It's amazing. And so uh, how did the the relationship continue? How did you guys conti- keep in contact as you know the days went by, or were you in constant contact before this documentary happened?
2: Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, Barry's... Uh, He's my friend, but he's also uh, been a mentor to me and um, just someone who I've always looked up to and someone who helped mold my comedy um, a- along with a bunch of other folks. Some of the folks you see in the trailer like uh, Stephen Wright and uh, Paula Poundstone and Steve Sweeney, Lenny Clark, Kevin Martin Meaney, Olson. Martin Olson, Tony V. Uh, all these guys, Mike uh, Donovan. all these people came from this comedy scene that uh, Barry started in Boston. And when he moved to Boston, I I followed him when I graduated from high school. And then I had a night license so I could drive to Boston.
1: <laughs> and, and Barry, I mean... What is it that sort of allowed you to greenlight Bobcat on doing this documentary? I mean, what was... How did this come to be? Was it...
0: Um, he asked. <laughs> That's yes, basically nicely it. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, he said Robin and I have been talking and we think that... We, Bob wanted to make a narrative film about me. I wanted I, to
2: do a movie with someone else playing Barry because I, I didn't want Barry to relive the events that happened in the movie. And then I heard... Barry on uh, Mark Maron's podcast WTF and on Dana Gould's and I could see that he was talking about these uh events and could, I felt that he was had enough healing go by that um that I I hopefully wouldn't be um uh forcing my friend to to into a, a dark place and doing the documentary and 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 uh, Robin Williams was my best friend and he he was a fan of Barry's and he knew I was passionate about making this movie and knew Barry's story. So after trying to write screenplays about it, uh, you know, Robin suggested I make it as a documentary. And uh, he actually gave the initial funding that started the movie. That, and and uh, that's really why the movie exists. If he, he hadn't done that, I, I wouldn't have made it and wouldn't have been able
1: to. And were there any other circumstances where, in which this documentary could have happened, or was it just the fact that it was Bobcat and that it was with Robbins, you know, producing that made
0: it the okay? Oh, that, to go there, a, there was a bidding war. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, uh, no. I mean, I, 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 who knows? People have done stuff on me before, but it's. You know, I had to trust Bob with my entire life. And I mean, literally, sort of blindly, because I didn't want to be this looming narcissistic show business clown. What did they say about me? So, I mean, I just had to kind of help them line up some of the interviews and then show up at some of the locations. But uh, really, my part was done, in, except for some interviews, largely before the movie started. So, uh, uh, I. Uh, you know, trusted Bob with my life and, um, you know, it was a good investment.
2: Barry uh, never saw the movie until it played Sundance and it actually premiered in the same theater that this movie Robin and I did called uh, World's Greatest Dad premiered and I didn't let him see it either. I also have a bug on me right now.
0: <laughs> no, you don't.
2: <laughs> no, I don't. I'm just hallucinating. Oh,
0: geez. Uh, here we go.
1: Right. Not again. Um, yeah, talking about some of the people that you got to do interviews and to talk about Barry. I mean, was that you know a laborious process? Of that was that the hardest part of it was getting those no people a lot of folks.
2: You know, I I got to give it up to all the comics and the and the lay people who were willing <laughs> to go on on camera and uh, and and give their time and the you know the ones that some of them didn't even make the cut, but the people that were willing to give their time and. Support Barry and me, and in, in the movie, uh, that, that meant a lot. You know, the movie exceeded my expectations uh, tenfold. You know, I, you know, we, we've been having such a, uh, I shouldn't say surprising, but such a wonderful response at film festivals. With with, uh, you know, not only hearing people laughing through the whole movie, uh, but there's tears, and it's it's a movie that's life reaffirming at the end, and. Uh, and and then to have people come up and disclose their own stories to us—it truly exceeded my expectations. You know, I was just trying to make a movie about my friend that I, I love and admire.
1: Yeah, I mean, talking about some of those people that you, you interviewed. I mean, I think we have a clip right now that showcases um, some of those people. We'll sort show, show the first one.
2: Oh, Barry Crimmins! Oh my God!
0: Who's Barry? Barry who? <laughs>
2: He was a guy
0: who you heard about before you actually saw him. This whispered-about presence. I never met anyone like him. Went to Kentucky. I got into a big hassle. I got caught smuggling books into Kentucky. (laughs) (laughs) Got off on a technicality. No one could prove they were books. Barry Crimmins was uh, this weird mythical force that uh, was it a judgmental sage of some kind that, you know, I didn't quite get? You know, in the 80s and 90s, there was like this, this wave of comedy that was the truth teller. But I feel like people should claim him more because I think he has much more of an influence than anybody realizes.
2: That's not from our movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what that clip was. It was supposed to be from Slappy and the Stinkers too. <laughs> Five kids, one sea lion, no rules. Flacco.
1: <laughs> so, oh, I want to see that movie too now. Yeah. Is that next? I that mean, could be like next that, for yeah. me.
2: You know, this movie, uh, even though, like I say, it's very uh, emotional and and life-reaffirming, and it's been nothing but positive when we play it. it. It's just been... You know, I hear people who make movies talk about a, a film being draining, but this one really it is because you know, to get Barry's story right and to make sure he was happy and proud of it was really important to me. So, yeah, it's time for me to do a talking duck movie
1: or something like that, you know.
0: Here's Quacko. (laughs) There there we go. Quackers. Howard
1: the Duck or something. Um, I mean, I think it's one of those things where, you know... stand-up is constantly evolving and now we have such access to it through netflix and everyone's got specials and i i know i understand you just recorded one with mark marin who's one of the people interviewed in this
2: yeah i i uh, it was a different time you know when we started the movie there wasn't that many clips of barry to even put in the movie so uh it it, it was a lot different and um I don't think comedians were taken seriously at the time either, and and here was Barry, uh, you know, going up on stage and 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 really laying it all out there uh, uh, on a nightly basis. So um, sometimes when I'm talking about it, it sounds like you're dead.
1: Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's it right feels here. Like we it. should <laughs> ask him about it too. I mean. Barry, I mean, what do you think about, you know, how stand-ups evolve these days? And, I mean, do you still...
0: I think there's a, I think there's a nice, uh, I think that a lot of it has kind of crept back underground, and that's good, very good for the industry. And, yeah, there's, and, there's, that, there's certainly know, less the
2: gatekeepers, arts. you know. There's less people saying... Uh, you can't get on this TV show and then that means the rest of America doesn't know who you are. So now with the advent of podcasts and people being able to post their own clips, it's kind of great that it, 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 you can develop your own audience without having to compromise what you have to say.
0: Although sometimes I get young comics send me their stuff uh, and the advice I give them is take that off of YouTube. <laughs>
1: Right away, it's you
0: bombing in front of four people in a pizza shop. You know, like I would pay. If that were me, I would pay big money to get that off of the internet.
1: Uh, I have to ask you, Barry. I mean, this documentary. Someone says, you know, I want to make a documentary about your life, or yeah. encompasses, you know, the moments of your life. Is there some point that you're you're asking? Can you not show this part, or can you focus on this part? Or was I didn't. Any... I
0: the one thing I did, and I wasn't a show business clown, was I just gave them. I just helped line up a lot of the people I thought should be interviewed, and I just said tell the truth. And I, I didn't say much to anybody because I didn't want to skew anything. And some people were, you know, it, it caused a little bit of confusion in a few cases, but that was the way. The only way to do it in particular because this serious nature I don't think we've even mentioned that the movie hinges largely on the fact that I survived uh, childhood rapes so uh, and that shouldn't be something that we uh, don't say um, so uh, you know uh, the the fact that you know it, it's important but you know I want to hear what other people have to you know we wanted to hear what other people had to say and you know, whatever the truth was. So I just tried to lay back as much as possible. And I, and it wasn't, it wasn't even that, it wasn't that bad. I mean, Bobcat, I mean, was there some points
1: that you knew you wanted to, was there some sort of arc in your mind when you first thought of the documentary or?
2: Yeah, I, I always felt that I would have to introduce people to Barry and why Barry matters to contemporary comedy the amount of people he influenced, mentored, or even just people who were fans of his. Um, and, and then I wanted to tell the story of his courageousness uh, of of him uh, taking AOL to task for allowing child pornography to be exchanged openly uh, in the early days of AOL. And he ended up taking them all the way to the floor, or was invited to go to the floor of the Senate well, the Judiciary Committee and and hearing room. a hearing and, um, and, a hearing and, and, and experience and basically shaming them into their pra- uh, to stop or shaming them about their practices, so it was a very Capra-esque uh, kind of uh, story and, and and I would have told Barry's story even if he wasn't a comedian, um, but the benefit of of, of having uh, a comedian uh, I, it's a story that people. Uh, you know, naturally, would find unpleasant, and I and I I feel that we've successfully done it in an entertaining way. And even though this is as, about as dark as mankind gets, sometimes there's still a lot of laughs in the movie and stuff.
1: Absolutely, and I think it's it's very relevant. I mean, there's still news happening every day about these instances. It, look, okay, it,
0: it. we're not. It's not just the you know with the Cosby stuff and a couple other things that are going on. People are saying, "Well, this is all you hear about these days, and it's like there's a little fissure in the dam, and it's leaking you know a noticeable amount of fluid, but more fluid evaporates from that uh you know dam every day than leaks out in a week so we have a long way to go, and part of it is talking about it and uh Really telling people, in particular, i always. I always make a point of telling people. Someone will say, and they meanwhile they go, "Wow, it took a lot of guts for you to admit you were." And I just stop them right there. I go, "Look, uh, I didn't. I didn't admit anything. Guilty people admit stuff. I disclosed. I testified. You know, because if you if you go along with that language, you're suddenly sort of playing into the perpetrator's hands by." Uh, using the language of complicity that implies that some child had any sort of control over, uh, uh, you know, and I didn't, I had no control over what happened to me. But I'm an adult now, and I'm complicit in telling this story.
2: So, so you know, uh, Patton Oswalt, who's, you know, he's in the movie, I was ego surfing on the internet looking at my name and... Um, He mentioned in an interview recently, he said, you know, Bill Cosby, uh, this is nothing new. He said, Bobcat Goldthwait's been talking about him being a rapist on stage for 20 years, which I did do, but I didn't know it was true. You know, sometimes you just get lucky, you know.
1: (laughs) 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 That's the perfect, (laughs) that's the perfect line.
2: Yeah, well, I... uh, well, yeah, that is true. It's very strange. This whole day is odd.
0: We've done a lot of interviews. Too. On the way in here... At this point, I'm happy to discuss anything so, other long, than your so life. long as it doesn't <laughs> pertain to me. Yeah. Well,
2: I got hit by TMZ guys out front, which was really funny, uh, which doesn't happen to me in Los Angeles, in New York. And, the, and they just asked the same questions. They, They they you know they need footage where you're getting upset you know and the guy said um, they're they're making police academy again they're rebooting it don't you think the original cast should be in it and i said oh no and he goes why i go cuz a lot of us are dead and then i said if they're going to reboot it they should do what they did to 21 jump street and make it a comedy this time
1: that's that's a that's a Pretty good line. I'm sure. I hope they air that. That's quality TV. Yeah.
2: Well, I also said that um, I don't really think it's time to do a wacky police comedy right now because police are yeah. killing civilians. So um,
1: I don't think that'll be on TMZ. Yeah. We 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 can talk about uh, everything, I guess, right up here. But um. Well, our you know that's
2: I I think because of the nature of the persona I have for so many years that people didn't realize that there was any content in what i was doing on stage but i've always had some and and it all comes from from watching barry and having him as a a mentor you know he you know he, he he he's always told me you know if you can make people laugh you can smuggle some content in there and 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 again you know and that 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 uh Happens in our movie, you know. I, I, it, it was important to me that when people watch the movie, not only does it have a happy ending, but it was important to me that they were entertained and that they that they that they were laughing and stuff.
0: It's very hard to make a fist when you're laughing. Right. Yeah? So it's very true, and
1: I mean, I think you know, the, the people that you got to talk about, Barry, in this, in this movie, are very impressive. And I was wondering, Barry, I mean, was there anyone that's come out since or that you were surprised that was a fan of your work or was a fan of, you know, your works in the past that you were surprised
0: by? Well, I'm kind of, you know, I'm a lot of the very fun- flattered by all of it. and But I'm not a big cult personality guy. So, I mean, I know that I've been working with famous people since I was 20 something years old. But there was so I what I
2: found interesting there's there's a lot of folks that he actually worked with, folks like Stephen Wright and stuff like that. But to find out like what a what a a fan Patton was. Like, you know, he was ended up being a really he was really good at at chronicling uh Barry cuz he just was a, a a big fan, you know, and that was really cool, <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. And then um you know, Barry and David Cross worked together. Later on, after Barry had already—he wasn't booking those clubs anymore. But even though Barry's act and David's—you would consider really at the opposite ends of the spectrum—they weren't because they were both satirizing the same targets. So they formed a kinship, uh, and uh, I, it's really—I'm really happy David's in it, and he, he adds too. a lot, and and it's—it's it's great to see him talking so lovingly about
0: about Barry. I mean, I'm completely I mean, I love these people. I've worked with them since I was a kid. It's who I wanted to be with and they're, you know, you know, they're my fellow artists and it's and it's really nice to know that you did right. I mean, all I tried to do was treat people decently. I, when I broke into comedy, Comics were treated really terribly. You'd walk into a club, you'd have to stand in line forever to get three minutes on stage somewhere, and you were treated like crap. And they told you the rules and whatever. Now you're supposed to walk on a stage and feel like you're somebody before. So the all I really did was tr- try to treat people well and make them feel like someone before they went out and talked to my audience. That I, you know, and that was, and it, you know what, it works. You know, and that and the fact that they were incredibly talented.
2: And he gave free drinks.
1: Well, that helps.
0: That helps, free helps for sure.
2: Drinks. That helps
1: make friends. And there's some more friends, actually. I think we have another clip um, that we can show.
2: There was nothing funny about it, as, as one might imagine.
0: Near the end of the night, after a rambling, scathing indictment of almost every aspect of American government and culture, a clearly tortured criminals suddenly shifted topics. Anytime somebody that you've known for a long time discloses something huge and game-changing, and, and it makes you rethink that whole person.
1: So, obviously talking about the, the hearing that you did and- Well, no, that was,
2: a, that was when Barry went up on stage and and disclosed the events of his childhood. But that's uh, I should say that's Tom Kenny, who's uh the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants. I don't want to name drop, but Barry. Barry, I've known I've known him since I was six years old. Oh wow. Yeah. Um that's the kind of show business heat I have. Uh but yeah, so Tommy uh and I met Barry, like we said earlier when we were young men. But um
0: the the um And by the way, Tom Kenny is as fine a person as you could ever, ever know under any circumstances. I mean, and, and the film is full of people like that. Uh, and, uh, and it's pulled together by someone I could describe in the same way. I mean, and that's, every the, time I our see Our editor, that, Jeff Stryker. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> well, I just know we have chose the right name for the film. I also, I thought we could call it... Thank God I was nice to that kid that night. <laughs> so,
2: so uh, yeah, like Margaret Cho, you know, it didn't make the movie, but she said she saw Barry as a teenager and said, wow, you know, I, I can use comedy as a way to, to say things, you know. And, um, you know, uh, and then one of the things that didn't make the movie was everybody uh, uh, took a swipe at your uh, your joke about why don't you leave if you don't Oh, uh,
0: my, uh, well, I, one night, this just happened organically. One night, someone yelled, "The old, you know, if you don't love this country, why don't you get out of it?" And I said, "Because I want—I don't want to be victimized by its foreign policy," and <laughs> and that's become that's my—that's uh, yeah. my—that's my hit joke. Yeah,
2: right? and everybody mangled it. Everybody would say, "You know, foreign policy." Yeah. Oh wait, let me start again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are there—is there anyone? Um, I feel like there's a lot of stories out there that could be told there's a lot of different documentaries to be made. Is there anyone else right now that's sort of fascinating? you as a filmmaker you've you know made a lot of documentaries so far It's kind well, of where you've moved well this is
2: the 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 this is the first real documentary I did two other that were similar you know one was a uh, 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 uh yeah, Windy City Heat, which and then um,
0: I thought this was Windy City Heat too.
2: <laughs> and then um, Willow Creek, which was a, a found footage Bigfoot movie. Well, then you made three, Bob. Yeah, the, I guess. Well, but those the two, making of bikini. School, oh, the too. making of bikini. Wow, yeah. So, but but um, this was the first it. time it was a a real documentary. But the a good portion of the Bigfoot movie are real people being interviewed. You know, right. I didn't. Uh, you know. It's, it's a, that was different. There's only 67 cuts in all of the Willow Creek. Because I, I thought the challenge was to make a found footage movie. But I don't really like found footage movies because I'm always like, well, who found this footage and said, well, I'm sorry your family got killed. But I think if we re edit it, there'd be a tremendous picture here. <laughs> so, so there's really only 67 edits in the whole movie. So that was the challenge. This, the challenge was to see if I could tell my friend's story Make it engaging, and um, and still be friends afterwards. Yeah, and
1: (laughs) and how do you do, Barry? You you guys, you
0: guys still friends? Oh yeah, I mean you couldn't have. I mean, how could you have a better friend than him? What a great and to have him turn his great skills on your life, and then bring in these other talented artists that work with him, like Bradley Stonecipher, the. cinematographer, and just so many other people. They were just, what a great group of pros. They, we all came in, they all came in to film at my buddy Dave's garage. He's a... Star automotive. Yeah, Bath, New York, for all your automotive needs. And, uh, <laughs> and Dave uh, is a real worker. I mean, Dave's like a 14-hour-a-day guy, and he, he still, to this day, talks about how impressed he was because he just thought I was these show business, you know, weaklings coming in and he watched them and it was 28 below zero and they'd been shooting outside all day. It was 28. It was just the wind chill. I don't want to exaggerate. Uh, and uh, he was just so impressed to this day. He still talks about how much more respect he has for what goes into you know, making a film or anything than he ever understood before. Because, and, and also he was just blown away with how nice and decent and accessible everybody was. And that's a tribute to him because people, great people, want to work with the great people. And Bob's crew was just A to Z the best. Well,
2: you know, um, Barry correcting the weather temperature to make sure we get it precise is, is the nature of Barry and that trickled down to me. And in full disclosure, 99% 99% of the movie is authentic, but there are fake things in it. And some of them are, when I'm on camera, I'm answering these questions. I'm like oh well, Barry moved to Cleveland. And um, in reality, no one's interviewing me. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just lying. I'm just pretending. And, Cause I would know which holes I would have to patch in the story. i got mean, a good question, Bobcat. Let me answer that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so uh, interviewing yourself interviewing myself. Yeah. So yeah, there's a slightly narcissistic. Yeah,
1: it's great. I know before you were talking a little bit about maybe perhaps making a narrative film out of this. Yeah. I mean, How far did you get with that? In, in well, he, you, you, know, you know, I'm past- still he
0: had me write a script and he only read the first 321 pages <laughs> of it. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, I'm still a little, I hate to still carry a little injury from that, but we've basically gotten over it.
2: But, you know, I, uh, you know, my movies in general make hundreds of dollars, actually hundreds of dollars. <laughs> and the first page of Barry's script was <laughs> Barry sits on a jet and I'm like, <laughs> it's like I can't afford a jet. So uh, <laughs> the way we would have shot that would have been <laughs> me picking you up. How was the flight? Um so uh, yeah. so so it's much better just to have people telling the stories it's uh, It's less expensive,
1: yeah, and who would you have thought? I mean, if you had gone forward with a narrative, was there anyone that you had in mind, or Barry did you well, have in mind someone i
2: I had been really thinking about doing this movie since ninety five and i i I know that not so in the back of my mind, I think I had uh you know Robin in mind, you know i think I think Robin was such an amazing actor. And um, I love the idea of him playing Barry, because uh, although Barry has a lot of friends and he's much loved, he, he does come off slightly as a curmudgeon.
0: and, and for I'm a, I'm a missing philanthrope. I'll, I'll do anything <laughs> for people so long as they stay away from me.
2: So, so I thought that would, you, know, the challenge of him playing that would have been pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that would have been. I would have liked to see that for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, we just had, um, we just talked a little bit about your filmmaking, and I think there's a lot of filmmakers who listen to this and who are out there. So, uh, are there any tips or anything that you've learned over your years of filmmaking so far that really nuggets that you could share with people?
2: Uh, yeah, I you know, I I I just really to write a lot of scripts, just keep writing them. And I've only had success when I started writing the stories that came out of me instead of trying to write stories that I thought people would make, you know. And um, and there's with digital technology, there's no reason for you to go out and make a movie uh, right now, you know. There's, there's uh, late in life, you know, I often joke that I retired from acting the same time people stopped hiring me, but... In in reality, I I chose to get away from being in the spotlight because I really love telling stories. And I think it's important for people to, as they go through life, because it's very un-American, is to quit, you know, quit often until you end someplace you don't want to leave, you know? And um, I often live from movie to movie. Uh, I work with people I respect, like people like... uh, Marin and, and Brian Poussain and Patton and all these guys who I get to work with and then I make my own movies and that's only because it's for a couple it's only because of a couple reasons. It's a couple because I, I, I just started listening to my heart and um and actually, you know, Jimmy Kimmel has a lot to do with it. You know, I directed the Kimmel show for three years and, and, and he hired me basically when people were when people thought I was dead. Or people would use my name as a punchline. And uh, so Kimmel really put me on this track of, uh, uh, you know, just believing me. He didn't, ABC never promoted the fact that I was the director. They weren't like going, hey, you know the guy who's not allowed on other talk shows? Yeah, the guy who said that tonight's on fire. Yeah, he's driving the bus backstage here. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's, I think that's a great that's great advice. Just sort of make your own path or find somewhere that you don't want to leave. That's that's a yeah, great little it, bit.
2: And and when I give that, sometimes people would say, "Well, easy for you." Yeah. But it it's never easy for anyone to 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 walk away or to start over. But it, it's really important, you know. the The difference between quitting means you don't. <laughs> and what I'm saying is, quit and work. Work on your own stuff, you know and 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 then some people get snarky and and you know i don't i've been really fortunate that these movies play at sundance and and you know and and people uh, do seem to enjoy some of the movies they make but i I truly make them for myself first i mean this movie's an example of it you know it's it's been amazing the 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 response we've got but i I really only made it because uh I love Barry Crimmins, you know that's why I made this movie
1: a great reason. Um, so now we're going to throw it to you, out to you guys, um, if you have any questions. As a result of making this movie, did it change uh, things about your own filmmaking that now you're going to uh, take a different tact in terms of directions that you would do either for fiction films or more documentaries? And uh, Barry, did, has this? Uh, are you going to direct uh, uh <laughs> Uh, bobcat in anything and are you planning I'm, on I'm doing a-, a documentary of his life
0: i'm making a musical about him <laughs> <laughs> yeah. will you uh will you both be in it or will you hire other people we have one big dance number
1: <laughs> uh together
0: yes no.
2: okay i uh no we we've been talking about a sequel
0: call me greedy
2: <laughs> i um yeah you know I've I've kind of always listened to that little voice in myself and and, and this movie uh, told me that it was okay, so I took that away from this and uh will I make another documentary? um no uh it's it's really hard it's really hard uh, and um I mean, maybe if there was another subject that that I cared about so much, I might, but no and um I think it 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 did change um it it changed it, it didn't really change much in the way I make movies it just made me feel that I might be on the right path so it gave me a little more cushion Oh yeah it has changed that you know uh at the screenings it's usually fairly emotional and After the screenings, a lot of people come up and they give me hugs, and I really don't like touching people, so the movie's really changed that. I actually will hug people now. Uh, Yeah, I've been doing my best to be a misanthrope, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's... uh, 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 (laughs) So, yeah, there's some photos. There's a story coming out, it looks like, on Sunday in the New York Times about the movie, and... If you see the photos, it's just Barry hugging me. And it just looks like, what a sweet, sweet photo. But really, he's just being an asshole because he knows it's making me squirm. So it's like, look at these two guys. They love each other. Uh, Live it up. (laughs) Nice. Now you're cut
1: out of the sequel. Oh, no, no. Any more questions out there?
0: Hi, thank you for coming. My question is for Bobcat. Um, With all the movies you've been in, what's something you learned from this one that you haven't from the others?
2: I learned from this movie. Thank you. I, I learned from this movie. Uh, I didn't know how to interview people, and um, I learned that the trick is is not talking to the, <laughs> during the interview. Like I, when I first started, I'd ask a big long question, and the subject would look back at me and go, "No," <laughs> or "Yes." So I learned. You know, it's just it's not human nature to sit there. So. I would ask one question and then just not say anything. And, and you know, uh, people would have to fill the vacuum and they would just open up. And I also learned that people really do want to tell their stories. R- you know, they 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 really are forthcoming. And and uh, the kind of documentary I don't like is the ones where you feel that they're trying to manipulate the subject. So I kind of let people talk and I tried to follow the ball, you know?
1: Well, I, I have a follow-up. I mean, I would like to know, I mean in this, as the story evolves and people get to learn about what you, you know, uh, we're disclosing to people uh, eventually about what you had gone through in your past. Right. Um, in Bobcat, you're talking about people are coming up and hugging you. Barry, have you noticed anybody reaching out to you now? Is there people looking for support or looking to tell their own stories?
0: Yeah. I, well, first off, I've been public about this for... Over 20 years ago, I wrote a piece for the Boston Phoenix uh, detailing what happened to me as a child, and so I've been a... When you go public with something like this, then a lot of people confide in you, so that's been going on for years, and uh, that's only been amplified by the film, you know? I have friends, and I have a caseload, <laughs> too. <you know? laughs> but, no, I love these people, and, and it's great when you see people uh, get better, you know? I mean, it really is. And when you're helping someone else who's been through something similar to what you've been through, you realize the progress you've made because you're seeing them at a point you were at a while ago. And so you feel both fortunate and obliged to do what you can to help. So, but Your comments, has,
1: do you feel that the movie... Or your uh, uh, admission or discussion about this has added to the dialogue enough that it's helped move some change? Or do you feel, again, that having something like this out now will add to it? Because, you know, we've been seeing the things that have been happening with the Catholic Church and with the new Pope talk, addressing it,
0: and, and it's being addressed in many well, ways that wasn't the, before. The, the, the new Pope, to my, in my opinion, first off, there was no admission involved guilty people admit things, okay? I just have to make that point every time it's said because complicity is used against abuse victims although they're tricked into feeling they're complicit and so it's an important, uh, it's an important distinction to make but I think the new Pope's job is to change the subject and not the church uh, I think his PR man I know his PR man at least when he started I, I don't know if he's still there or not is a guy named Burke who was the Fox News correspondent at the Vatican and this is the progressive, this is the guy who's selling us the progressive pope okay I know that he sent emissaries to the United Nations hearing on torture in Geneva where his people advocated said that uh, child rape is not torture okay so uh, he's got, it's a lot of nice pictures of him all in white. And he says some stuff about some stuff that, you know, I mean, I'm opposed to global warming, too. I'm glad he takes on capitalism here and there. But, I mean, if he wants to help the poor, he could, you know, open up the vault and sell a few art treasures. And that would, that would you know, that would show me a lot more than some, some lip service. So, uh, but again, what he's doing is he's changing the subject from something people are, scared of, people don't want to hear about, they feel they've already heard enough when they haven't really heard the beginning of it. And, and so if you give people a reason to look away, they will. So you send them out there in the shiny white thing and have them say nice things about the poor and that's great. But he could do something. He could open up the files about all those abuse cases and, and, he, and he could render unto Caesar turn over to civil authorities, the rapists that the church has protected. And he could do something about the financial crimes that people like Cardinal Dolan was involved in, in Milwaukee, where they literally held, hid church funds in a literal burial fund, uh, so that they could avoid paying off the victims, the deaf, they was children, they were deaf boys, and they were raped over a period of a year, dozens of them. And they hid the money to declare a fake b- bankruptcy so they could avoid paying the victims of the church. So excuse me if I'm not very enthusiastic about the way that organization is going, but I am not.
2: Barry, uh, Barry tweets the Pope every day to get excommunicated. He's been doing that for how long every have you been day. doing it?
0: A uh, couple of years. Yeah, probably about 800 days in a row now. But
2: uh, so far... Uh, I, it's the only
0: thing I do religiously.
2: So you get... You can help us promote the movie and help get Barry excommunicated. That's great. If you could uh, get out there and uh, tweet the Pope. <laughs> 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 I love the idea of the Pope. Yeah, exactly. Tweets.
1: I love it. Um, so where can people find the movie and where can people look at it?
2: Well, it, it opens August 7th in New York and L.A. and uh, in about 25 other cities. So if folks go to the Call Me Lucky
0: website, they can see Call where CallMeLuckyMovie.com.
2: And then uh, and they, it keeps rolling out. So it uh, you know it, and eventually it'll be on a digital platform. You know, all, all my movies end up that way. Um, it's funny, you know, when I first started making movies, when movies would get released digitally. My ego would be a little hurt, going, "Oh, I wanted a theatrical run, but but now people like this movie and it's getting a theatrical run." I'm like, well, "Let's get to the digital platform. <laughs> yeah. That's that's you know that's exciting. That's when, you know, people from the, all, all around the world get to see it."
1: Absolutely. Well, I think you guys should all check it out. All tweet it on social media. Can I, can get I, it out there. And... Yeah.
0: At at Crimmins and I, that means if any anybody. I could be of assistance to, or just wants to talk about something. You can find me at Crimmins, C R I M M I N S on Twitter. Uh, but not, right.
2: but on Instagram, it's not at Crimmins, because that ends up being a young girl who wears trucker caps Uh-oh. and takes <laughs> a lot of selfies. And I that. was tagging her. <laughs> I kept tagging her, and she's like, "What up?" And I'm like, uh, uh. "You made a new so, friend." That's yeah, social yeah, media. That's yeah. these days. I don't. Well, I, guys, hopefully she is... likes the movie. I love that.
1: Another supporter. Well, the film is Call Me Lucky. Guys, check it out. Make sure you tell your friends. And, you know, please welcome and please uh, give a hand of applause for uh, Bobcat Goldthwait and Barry Crimmins. Thank Thank you you so much. much. Thank Thank you. Fantastic.